And so let's dive in. So here's the message today. We're in a series called Handling Life's Ups and Downs. And every one of us has them. We have ups and we have downs. And so a couple weeks ago, we looked at a couple of of the up of being chosen. That one of the greatest experiences of a human being is understanding that God has chosen you. And then last week, we looked at the fact that there's opposition that comes into our life. But we saw that there's victory that can come through that. We're looking at the life of David in the Old Testament, who's a guy who had lots of ups and downs. And watching him to figure out how we can actually get equipped to handle them better ourselves. And so uh, today, we're talking about confusion. (laughs) What do you do when life is confusing? And we're going to look at his story. But before we jump into that story, we're going to share one of our own personal stories right here in this room. So would you guys go ahead and welcome Don Soper to the stage, everybody? All right. Thanks for joining me, Don. Yes, thank you. Yeah, you bet. Go ahead and why don't you just introduce yourself to everybody. My name is Don Soper. Uh, My husband is Jim, and he's the hot bass player that you see up here from time to time. Wave, Jim. Wave to everybody. Come on. Come on. Yeah. We like hot bass players here at K2. Uh, Not today, though. Um, Today, the bass player is our youngest son, Jeff. Are you saying he's not hot? Is that... It would not be appropriate for a mother to call her son hot. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, although I did see him getting little love notes from one of the little girls around here while we were. Nice, nice. <laughs> um, we, in total, we have five kids. We have four boys and one girl. We've been coming to K2 for almost 13 years now. Awesome. And so what's your, what's your day life? What, do you, what have you been doing? I am a lawyer. I've been a real estate lawyer for approximately 25 years. I I took some time off to be a stay-at-home mom. And uh, shortly before the incident that we're going to be talking about, I had just kind of relaunched my career and was getting back into that. Just getting back into it. So let's go there. Let's go to January of 2017. What happened? I was in a car accident. Um, I had been at work all day, met a friend for dinner uh, in, a, in a restaurant very close to my home. Um, I was driving home and a young man who uh, was with his girlfriend and talking on his cell phone, hear that everyone, <laughs> uh, did not see the stop sign, blew right through it and crashed into my car. Um, just in the side, on the driver's side, just just ahead of my door, pushed the car off the road, and uh, it was totaled. Yeah. So go ahead and, and just share with everybody, what, what, what were the ramifications of that accident? What, what, began, what did you begin to experience? Initially, uh, there was just really extreme fatigue that I just kept thinking I could get over by sleeping enough. And then over time, kind of more cognitive difficulties revealed themselves. Um, So things were really getting worse instead of better. Um, And, you know, we took a lot of steps to try and make things better on our own. And some of them were very effective and and did help. But basically, I went through a couple years of just being in a a very difficult, dark spot trying to... um, 
deal with this. Yeah, so just go ahead and unpack that a little bit. What made it so dark and made it so hard? So the first thing was, um, one of the things that I've just relied on my whole life that's been part of my identity has been my mental ability. Um, and it was essential to my job that I was just relaunching again. And so to have that thing taken away that was, was so essential to my life and my career, um, I ended up feeling like I didn't know who I was. It was it was like I looked the same on the outside. In fact, I looked fine to everybody, but um, inside I was a different person, and I I almost I felt like a stranger in my own skin. Yeah. So in the midst of that struggle, and, and just hearing her say that, we all have those, right? I'm just sitting there thinking, yeah, what is it that makes me who I am? Kind of the essence of who I am, what I do, and then to have that be taken away. And so, what was some of the struggle that was going on with God during that time? The struggle with God was, um, I think, partly that I was still trying to control the situation instead of letting it go to him for some time. Um, the other struggle was just that I did not experience him during that time in the same way that I was used to. I didn't feel uh, his presence when, when I prayed. I didn't really feel his um, comfort. I, I just didn't feel that closeness with him anymore. Right when you needed him most. Right when I needed it the most. Um, but, but what happened, what I realized was happening was that he was stripping away all these layers of my identity and although I know it didn't look like this on the outside, what it felt like to me is that we just kind of ended up in a place where it was just me and God standing there and nothing else. Mm. Wow. So, so yeah, so what, what, what began to turn for you? When, when did things begin to turn and get you kind of out of the dark place? It was, um, it, this owl actually went on for a couple years. Um, and that was the other part that was so discouraging is that most of the time with head injuries, people get better fairly quickly. But this one was going on and on, and, and, and I just realized at a certain point um, all of this striving that I was doing to try and get back to my old self, my pre-accident self, wasn't working, and I probably was never going to get to be that person again. Um, and so... You know, quite frankly, what really hit me was the enormity of God. And if we say we believe he's sovereign over everything, and if we say that we believe that he works all things for the good, and we know that he loves us even when, um, as you said one time, sometimes it doesn't feel like he's loving us in the way we want to be loved. Yeah. But... But for me, it was a matter of just clinging to those promises. I couldn't feel it. It was dark. But I just kept telling myself, I reminded myself that it was true. And I hung on to those truths. Awesome. So if we're now looking back at that whole thing, if you were going to just have one like, closing comment for everybody, what's the outside of man, the sovereignty of God and trusting him? Is there anything else that just hits you? 
Yes. Um, that I just what I want people to know is how much he loves you, hmm. even in even when it doesn't feel like it, even when you're not experiencing him, even if you're saying you know where are you, um, he's there, and whatever it is you're going through. It is because he loves you. It's because he wants to remove things that are getting in the way of your relationship with him. He wants to be close to you and just rely on the fact that he loves you. Awesome. Thanks so much, Don. Just kidding. <clears throat> Well, I know um, for me, in, in preparation for this message, one of the most helpful things that we have at our disposal when life is confusing is God's Word. <laughs> and I'm, I, the Scriptures and the, and, the, and the Bible are so important to us as an anchor, kind of as we sang about when life is confusing. Um, in light of that, I just want to let you guys know, a side note here, um, starting this Wednesday, I'm actually going to be putting out a weekly devotional on Wednesdays for all of you. Um, Jesus says, man doesn't live on every word, or doesn't, he doesn't live on every word, that's good, Dave. He doesn't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And, and so just to kind of boost your faith in the middle of the week, um, we're going to provide this uh, devotional for you, a chance to get in his word and get spoken to again. So um, if you are part of the K2 family, in other words, if you're connected relationally or if you're on a serving team at all, you will get these emails. You should have been already been receiving some emails from me just about what's happening around here, keeping you up to date. You'll get that on Wednesday. But if you would like it on your phone, um, this week you can actually go to the K2 app and the devotional will be on here. You can go to your settings, push notifications, and it will just pop up right on your phone on Wednesdays, okay? So if you'd like to just get a boost in the middle of the week uh, through God's word, uh, we're gonna provide that for you. So, <clears throat> cool, all right. Um, so here's, but this is important because when God's ways are not your ways, it's very, very confusing. But let me just encourage you because the Bible is full of confusion. It's full of confusion. But here's my phrase for you today. You can be clear in the midst of confusion. You can be clear in the midst of confusion. So we're going to look at the story of David today. And here's David. So right two weeks ago, we shared with you, he gets anointed to be the king of Israel. He is a young teenage boy, and he's already heard from God. I love you. I see you. I choose you. I want you to be the king of my nation. Last week, Derek led us through David and Goliath. So here's this faithful teenage boy taking down the giant of the Philistines and winning this major victory. God is with him. He has faith and courage. He continues to be nothing but faithful to God. He loves God with all his heart. In fact, God calls him, this is the man who's after my own heart. And in the midst of all of his faithfulness and goodness, Saul, who is king at that time, starts getting super jealous of David. And then eventually he loses it. The Bible literally says he starts to go insane with this. And all he wants to do is take down the competition. <laughs> 
David's playing his harp for him and Saul just gets enraged with this evil spirit, picks up a sword and slings it at David, right by his head. He did that a number of times. And then eventually David had to flee because Saul was so insane that he was going to kill him. For years, do you hear this? (laughs) Two years for dawn. For years, David was fleeing from the king of Israel with 3,000 of his best fighting men. How would you like a life like that? Anybody else want to be faithful to God? Anybody else want to be chosen by God? (laughs) See, all of us, I can tell you this. When I read this story, this would be like the president of the United States with the green beret coming after you. It is so intense when you read this story. And every time I read it, all I can think in my own mind is I would be really, really struggling with God. I'm doing what you want me to do. You chose me in the first place. You called me to yourself. This is not what I signed up for. So where we're going to go is Psalm 57. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 57. Or you can go to our app again and all the notes will be in there for you. This is fantastic. Psalm 57 is a psalm, it's a song, a worship song that David wrote while he was hiding in the cave from Saul. So in the midst of his confusion, David writes this song. And I'm gonna lead you through that. And here's the first thing that we see with David, that you can have clear thoughts in the midst of confusion. So if you're confused right now, I'm telling you, you can have clear thoughts in the midst of your confusion. Philippians, New Testament, 4.8 says this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. The scriptures are telling you, okay, so here's your applic- one of your applications today. Think about what is true, what is right. Now, here's what's interesting, because brain science is showing us today. Dr. Carolyn Leaf, I've mentioned her here before, she's a Christian cognitive neuroscientist who's been studying the brain for 30 years. Here's what we know today with all of our understanding, that thoughts are actual things. They can see your thoughts in your brain. So they take up real estate in your brain. When you think something, a protein forms in your brain and it starts to take up residency in there. So what you think about matters. And it's crazy because too many times all we think about are the bad things or the negative things or the worst things that might happen, right? I just know that's one of my biggest challenges. I think about what might happen. Can I ask you, is something that might happen something that's true? No. And when we think about those things, they're almost always negative. And what are we doing? We are creating negative thoughts, taking up residency in our brain. And so you know what happens with those thoughts? We actually start to believe them. And now you have a self-fulfilled prophecy. So the scriptures are saying, can I tell you? Think about true things write things because you can actually have clear thoughts in the midst of confusion. 
All right? So let's look at David. There's three things in Psalm 57 that are clear thoughts that he has. The first one is this, that God is most high. Here's what you got. God is most high. Psalm 57, 2, I cry out to God most high. Now, why did David have to think that thought? Because the king and 3,000 men are after him. <laughs> and they're pretty high up. They could take him down in a second. So he has to know. He has to believe. He has to think. But God, you are greater than them. You can have the clear thought that God is most high when everything around you is telling you, no, there's things that are more high. So I don't know what your confusion is right now. Could it be financial struggles, work situations, relational conflicts, loss of any of those things is very confusing. Loss of your health. And if that's the case, Jesus, and this is what, Jesus Christ, nothing and no one compares to him. Nothing and no one compares to him. But we think they do. We think our circumstances are greater than the one that the scriptures say he is far, he is seated at the right hand of God when he rose from the dead. He is seated at the right hand of God and he is, listen, far above all rule, authority, dominion, and power in the heavens or on earth and everything Everything is under his feet for the church. So if you think that, see, that's where, my, that's where my hope and my peace can come from. God is most high. And no matter, there doesn't matter, it's authority, a president, a king, a CEO, someone who owns property, it doesn't matter. Someone else, Jesus Christ, is most high. Think that thought. Start believing that thought. There is a clear thought you can have in the midst of your confusion. God is most high. Yes. Second one, God will fulfill his purpose for me. Here, right here, Psalm 57, two and three. I cry out to God most high, to God who will fulfill his purpose for me. He will send from heaven and save me. And I, I'm just going to be totally honest with you. This is one of those in my humanness, where I have probably struggled the most. And again, it, 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 so it shows when I read the scripture. Because I see, I see David anointed to be king, um, that he's been nothing but faithful. And I, that just goes, I have this, see, I have this thought, I guess, that I've created in my brain, that if I'm faithful to God, and if I do what he wants me to do, then everything's gonna go great. Anybody else have that thought in your head? Okay. See, that's why we need the Bible. Because <laughs> then you read the Bible and every person who's ever been faithful to God went through, just, it was a mess. So we need to think what's true. And here's what's true is you have no idea what's gonna happen to you after you choose to receive Christ and how faithful you are to him. So, but here's the first thing you gotta believe. You must believe that God has a purpose for you. <laughs> That's the first thing. You have to create that thought. God has a purpose for me. So if you weren't here two weeks ago, go listen to that message. 
One of the greatest things are you have been chosen by God and you got to believe that. And then you can go to Romans 8, 28, right? The classic verse that every Christian clings to. We know, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Do you know that? I want to tell you, man, the spiritual battle that Derek led us through last week is all right here. And this is it. Because when things aren't going good, when you're losing, when financial stuff is happening and work stuff is happening and relationship stuff is happening, and you're not sensing God's closeness in the midst of it, the enemy just takes all of those circumstances and makes you think, see, he doesn't love you. He isn't good. You better take this control. And we start freaking out, get filled with anxiety and all this fear. And David, in the midst of hiding in a cave with 3,000 men seeking after him, says, I know that God will fulfill his purpose for me. Whoo, baby. We got to think that. Do, here's the, here's, the, here's the phrase. Do your circumstances define God or does God define your circumstances? Almost all of us as humans, our circumstances define God. But we got to think the truth. He is most high and he is going to fulfill his purpose for me. And then the third one is God will send his love and faithfulness. He will send his love and faithfulness. Psalm 57.3 just says it. God will send forth his love and faithfulness. Okay, can I just say something? Here's the truth. He is good. Did we just sing that? He just is. Here's, here's what I tell myself. I, got to, I have to tell, I have to think this. He can't be anything but good. He can't. Here's what's crazy. He can't be anything but loving. God is love. And so when the circumstances don't make sense, you got to get up every morning and you just have to think. You got to create the protein in your brain and get the real estate in your brain that says, no, God is love. God is love. He loves me. The Israelites, you guys had a mantra. They said throughout all of their years, it says the Lord is gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Next time you read the Old Testament, you're going to see it come up over and over and over again. The Lord is gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Think it, think it, think it, think it, think it, think it. Oh, it's growing. Think it, it's growing. Think it, growing. You know what? I think God is good. I, I, I actually think he loves me in the midst of all of this. I'm going to tell you, this, you can have clear thoughts in the midst of your confusion. You can. He is most high. No one can touch him. He is going to fulfill his purpose for me. He's faithful. And he is going to send his love and faithfulness. You know what's crazy? While I was putting this message together, I just realized <clears throat> that these are the three things I'm telling myself every morning. <laughs> And, and, and the verses there, I know them by heart. I know them by heart. I, you know why I know them by heart? Because I need to know. 
that he is most high. I need to know that Jesus Christ is far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion in heaven and earth. Anybody else need to know that? Then think it. Get it in here. The scriptures tell us that the word of God is the sword of the spirit. So when you have his word at your disposal, the Holy Spirit inside of you grabs it like a sword. There's the lie. No, these people are going to take you down. No. Okay, that was really corny, but... But literally, that's what's going on. You know, I'm just going to be totally honest with you. In this whole building situation, God has been so gracious to me. I am not afraid at all. I, I really believe deeply. But part of the reason I think I'm believing it so deeply is because I'm thinking it every morning. He is far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion, and everything is under his feet for the church. Sweet. He is going to fulfill his purpose for me. God always works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Sweet. He is gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Yes. Say those things to yourself every day. Think them, and you can have clear thoughts in the midst of your confusion. All right? Now, here's the second thing. Clear steps in the midst of confusion. So you not just have clear thoughts, you have to have clear steps. Now, and, and it's, it's point blank right here. There it is, Philippians 4.9. <laughs> so the very next verse, after, he, after Paul in Philippians tells you to think about such things, his very next phrase is what? Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Anybody want peace in your confusion? I don't even, why am I asking? Yes! All of us want to be able to take the circumstances in life that are outside of our control and be able to be at peace. Then think clear thoughts, and then you got to take some action, and you, have to, you actually, actually have to take clear steps. Because here's what I know about confusion. Confusion paralyzes me. Anybody else? Like when you don't know, I don't know about you, when I don't know, I'm kind of like, ugh. And usually the reason I'm paralyzed is because I'm afraid. Because I'm actually out of control. Oh. Anyway, it's amazing to me how God has had to realize, to help me realize I'm not in control. You don't move or you don't move or you move haphazardly. You move frantically because it's, it's freaking you out. So you're like, oh, I'll do this and I'll do this. And, I'll, and next thing you know, you're trying to actually control your situation. And so you got to take these clear steps, okay? So David in Psalm 57 gives us five clear steps, okay? There's five clear steps that we're going to look at. Think about it and then put these into action. Here's the first one. You got to cry out for mercy. Cry out for mercy, Psalm 57, 1 and 2, have mercy on me, God. Have mercy on me. I cry out to God, most high. Can I say, confusion is a good time for crying. There you go. All of you criers out there, Rachel, if you're in here, you're good. Um, <laughs> confusion is a good time for crying. And I, I, I'm serious, man, don't buck it up. Right? Some of you out there, you're like, I'm a good Christian and I don't freak out when things are happening around me. Inside, you're like, <laughs> cry out. David takes down giants, man. He's the greatest warrior king. All you men out there, 
you got nothing on David. Josh Savage, you got nothing on David. <laughs> By the way, I'm taking you down on the football field this afternoon. You had nothing on David, and David cries out. That is a clear step that you can take, and you need to take it. Because what's mercy? We've, we've, we talked on this a few, about a month or six weeks ago. Let me just tell you again. Mercy is deep compassion that's moved to action for those who are suffering. And here's the greatest news in all the world. What was the Israelites' mantra? You are gracious and compassionate. D Jesus displayed this his whole life. He was constantly compassionate. Your God is a merciful God. And if you cry out to him, Jesus said this, you ask, you'll receive. You seek, you'll find. You knock, the door will be opened. And sometimes you don't have because you don't do that. So just cry out to God, all right? It is a clear step in the midst of your confusion. Here's the second thing. Trust God for protection. Trust God for protection. Psalm 57.1. David says, for in you I take refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. Now, by the way, David, <laughs> David also used some wisdom, right? He wasn't just standing there in the presence of Saul saying, oh, you can't hurt me. No, he was running. <laughs> he was hiding. He was diving in a cave. I mean, there was some wisdom here. He knew what to do. But he wasn't trusting the cave to protect him, even though it was a wise thing to hide in the cave. What is your trust actually in? Is it in your finances? <laughs> are your finances the thing that are going, okay, I'm going to be okay? because I have this money. Is it your job? Is your security in the fact that you hold this position? And this is where Don's story was so scary. I'm good, man, I can do this. God has given me an intellectual cap capacity and I've been really excellent at what I do for 20 years. Bam, can't do it, can't do it. I think you told me, Don, when we were talking that the very part of your brain that was used to do what you do, God damaged that part. Can't do it. What's your hope in? What is your hope? What do you trust for your protection? And David's like, I take refuge in you. Lots of times, if you keep reading the Psalms, David says this a lot. I put my trust in you. So it's an action. And somehow you can put your trust in God, hiding in the cave, scared to death, don't know what's going on, but God is my refuge, and I put my trust in him. You know, the Bible says the work, somebody asked Jesus, like, what, what good things I gotta do, right, to get eternal life, and Jesus said the work of God is to believe, to put your trust in him. Fight the good fight of faith, Paul said. And I, I, you know what the key is right here? How do you trust God for protection? You go back to the three clear thoughts. Why, why in the world, how can I trust God for protection? Because he's most high. Because he's gonna fulfill his purpose for you. Because he is gonna send his love and faithfulness. That's how you trust him. So can I give you a quick application on this one? You guys got those three things down? And if, you, if you're not taking notes, 
of whatever, like oh, if you have a better memory than me, get to your app, get to the notes, watch it over again, and here's what you do. I'm gonna show you my phone. You guys will, I know most of you can't see this. On my phone, This is, my, this is my, not my lock screen, this is my home screen. I don't know what screen it is, but it's a screen that comes up every time I open my phone. And right here are the three thoughts that I need to think every day. And if you want to get to the point where you actually put your trust in God, then take the three things, the three thoughts I just gave you, and actually, I just, I just typed them out on a piece of paper, took a picture of it, and then I stick it on there. And then, when it re what really works is set seven alarms through your day. No, I'm not kidding, man. This works! Seven times. I look at my calendar, and I go, when do I have space between meetings? So that I can actually think these thoughts. Alarm goes off, pull up my phone, and I meditate on those. I think them. You know what's happening? What's happening? I'm creating a thought that's taking residence in my brain. And I've shared this with you guys last year. This, the scripture says, be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. And now science goes, that's exactly what you can do. You can renew your mind. Think he's most high. He fulfills his purpose for me. He sends his love and his faithfulness. If you do that seven times a day, you create that thought. And guess what? Then when all hell's breaking loose around you, you put your trust in God. Okay? Here's this third one. First one, cry out for mercy. Second action, trust God. Third one, be honest about your circumstances. Be honest. Psalm 57.4, David says, I am in the midst of lions. I am forced to dwell among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Okay. Again, let me just say this. Sometimes I think Christians feel like they need to act like everything's okay. No, it's not. And when it's not, quit acting like it is because it's not true. And God only deals with truth. So go ahead and be honest with God. Here's how David said it in Psalm 22. He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from my cries of anguish. My God, I cry out, it's one of his actions, by day, but you don't answer. By night, and I find no rest. If that's what's true, then be true with God. Be honest about your circumstances. If you're genuinely confused about what's going on, then come to God genuinely. Don't try to buck all up and say, okay, God, here I am, and I, I really trust you. When you don't, tell him you don't trust him. Because the only person he's going to deal with is the real you. He's not going to deal with your religious person, that religious mask you put on that acts like you got all together. He doesn't even, he doesn't even know who that is. You got to come exactly as you are and be honest about your circumstances. That leads me to the next one, because David's very next line is, yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. So in the midst of going, where are you? Why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from me? I cry out, God, where are you? But you are enthroned as the Holy One. So here's number four. Here's your fourth action, clear step. Will yourself 
to faith. Will yourself to faith. Psalm 57, 7, 8, David's in the cave. He's going up and down. He's wrestling with God. And then he says this, my heart, oh God, is steadfast. Now, by the way, what are his emotions? You know what his emotions are? They're all over the place. <laughs> he's freaking out. He's scared. He's feeling all these things. But his heart ain't moving. It is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Awake, my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. In the midst of all of David's confusion, he is willing himself to believe. And here's what I'm telling you right now. Do not let your emotions rule you. There are so many people who abandon the faith in God because they feel like he isn't with them anymore. Because they feel afraid. They feel the emotions, and so you just bail. Don't let your emotions rule you. Now, for all you thinkers out there, don't let your thoughts rule you. Because things are happening, and you're thinking stuff that isn't true. You're thinking there are things more powerful than him. You're thinking that he's abandoned you, that he's not going to fulfill his purposes for you. You, you. you don't let your thoughts rule you. And don't let your circumstances rule you. Like I said before, what are you going to do? Are you going to let the circumstances of your life define God? Or are you going to let God define your circumstances? Interesting, again, in brain science, here's what Dr. Leaf says. She says, God has designed you with an amazing frontal lobe that enables you to literally stand outside yourself and observe your own thought life. God has designed your brain where you can literally go, what are you thinking? <laughs> right? How many of you have conversations like that with yourself all day? She says, you have the ability to stand outside yourself and bring those thoughts into perspective and into the captivity of Christ. You guys, uh, here's a verse for you. 2 Corinthians 10.5, it's not on the screen. We are destroying speculations and every pretension raised up against the knowledge of God. Did you, here's the other thing about brain science. You, they can literally see the critical negative thoughts in your brain. You can see them. And when you start thinking rightly, a new protein forms in your brain and that negative thought literally starts to disintegrate. And this one can de be destroyed and the new one can come up. Isn't, it, isn't that awesome? And, I, and here's what I love. The Bible said 2,000 years ago, we're destroying speculations and every pretension raised up against the knowledge of God. Because that's what you do when you have clear thoughts. And we're taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So you have to will yourself to believe. You, and science even shows this, there's a you. Dr. Leaf would say, this is your spirit. It's the true self, the one that's united with Christ if you're a follower of Jesus. And you can stand outside and look at it. And that's why David says, why my soul? He's talking to himself. Are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I 
will yet praise him, my Savior, my God. My soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember you. You guys, you can win. God has designed you with the ability to win, but you must take the step to will yourself to believe. And do it by going back to those clear thoughts. And here's the last step. We're going to praise the Lord. I love this man. David is sitting in a dark cave. And what did he say? Awake my soul. Awake my lyre. He's like, somebody hand me a guitar. Real quick, real quick. And here's what he says. And why, when, why do you praise God? David always praises him for who he is and for what he has done. Psalm 57, 9 says this, I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. I will. Saul hates me. He's way more powerful than me. He's got 3,000 of his greatest fighting warriors doing nothing but seeking to take me down. I'm going to sing praise to God. Can I just confess, that's just, wow. Wow. But when you praise God in the midst of the thing that you don't get right now, you know what praising God does? It puts him up in that rightful place. Praising God is one way that reminds you he is most high. We just sang that all morning. He is most high. He is going to fulfill his purposes for me. I praise you, God, because you love me and you're faithful. And here's the crazy thing about worship. You're thinking that, but God gave us this amazing thing that when you sing, somehow those thoughts go down into here. And music moves you to a deeper place. You are engaging your brain, but somehow it takes it to your heart and you start to believe. Praising God strengthens your faith. It is a clear step that you can take in the midst of your confusion so you can believe him. I'm telling you, there is clarity in the midst of your confusion. And I'll be honest with you, as I thought about this message, I'm doing it really well right now because <laughs> I'm actually fighting this fight. I am meditating on these truths every day. I'm thinking them and it's actually, I think it's forming in my brain and so I'm believing them. So guess what? I'm at peace. <laughs> Imagine that. But I can tell you, man, thinking about this message, I thought through my 15 years here and how many times I didn't do this. And how many times I... I thought about the lie and I embraced the fear and I went down the road to worst case scenario town and imagined all the dark things that were going to happen that never stinking happened. The enemy lies and lies and lies. Fight with clear thinking in the midst of your confusion and take these clear steps and you and I can be at peace and give God glory through our lives. And we have the perfect song to do this with right now. So let's stand and let's worship him.